Mamas podcast. We're two modern mamas with the goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Edie Wilder. And I'm Jess of Hold Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. Laura here coming at you from Bend, Oregon. So I'm actually sitting outside of a cafe called Jackson's Corner. So if you hear some background noise, my apologies. Hopefully it's not distracting because we have a very, very, very special guest on the podcast this week. Her name is Kaylin, and we have connected for a while now through email, and I'm so excited about all the expertise she's going to bring to this episode, the product that she's going to share all about that I've gotten to use myself, and just the wisdom and insight that she's going to bring to all of us, especially those of you struggling with our topic of the day in this postpartum period. So I would like to start right off the bat by just introducing Kaylin. Thank you so much for being here and sharing a little bit about her story and what she does today. So Kaylin is a former broadcast journalist turned marketing exec turned entrepreneur. Her personal ongoing struggle with stage four endometriosis, an open conversation she shared with real women discussing real sexual health concerns, inspired Kaylin to found Kiava an all-natural hypoallergenic vegan personal moisturizer and lubricant tailored specifically to women facing healthcare challenges. The synthetic-free product has also been widely adopted by the holistic health community. A graduate of Indiana University's Ernie Pyle School of Journalism, Easton is a true Hoosier at heart. Growing up in the Midwest inspired a love and appreciation for our country's heartland communities. While Easton works daily to bring the business of Kiave, Kiave, Kiave. Thank you. I even tried to make sure I got it right beforehand. So to internal market, international market, she is a passionate thought leader working to drive a comfortable conversation about personal care, largely based on her own health journey and inspire mothers to serve a more powerful, transparent role in educating their daughters on sexual health, which as our listeners know, I am incredibly passionate about as well. And when I shared on social media, Last month that you'd be coming on, I got a whole host of questions that I can't wait to tackle today because as I've talked about in recent episodes as well, this conversation, the conversation about intimacy and sex and sexual health, postpartum especially, getting back into intimacy for ourselves and our relationships and everything that comes kind of ripple effect from that is so important. So thank you so much for having these conversations openly and for coming on the podcast and sharing your heart and wisdom with us. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be chatting with you today. So fun. So as we chatted about before we jumped on, you live in Denver, you said, correct? Yep. I live in Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. We love it. So we were actually just in Colorado and there's no shortage of wonderful things to do, especially this time of year. Right now, as we record, it's almost in August and one of the most beautiful times of the year there. So I'm curious to know, what is your favorite thing to do in Denver or Colorado as a whole? Absolutely go to the mountains, hiking, camping, just being out there, breathing that fresh air, connecting with my fiance, whatever it is, friends, whatever. I love it. I love being outside. And that's why I love living in a four season state as we like to call it. 
It's so awesome. We were actually there. We were in Longmont, Colorado, outside of Boulder for the 4th of July. And, you know, in one day, it's almost like we also kind of got four seasons in one day. It was beautiful and sunny and super, super hot and then cooled down a little bit. And then we got like a full storm roll through with lightning and thunder and rain. And then we got hail. It was so awesome. I feel like there's nowhere else that I've been that truly shows the power of Mother Nature quite like Colorado. Oh, yeah. It's it's a unique place, that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. Which mountains do you prefer to get into or which park? Do you do you have a preference? We were we went to Rocky Mountain, which, of course, was incredible. But do you have a preference for your favorite area to get out into? Yeah, I, I do. I'd always recommend people heading out to the Breckenridge area or to Aspen. I think Aspen is so gorgeous and unique. And it's one of those places that even if you're out West and traveling in our country, Aspen just looks very different from a lot of other areas. That's incredible. I went, I had a vacation to Breckenridge as a kid before my cousin's wedding in Denver. And it was, I still, I'll never forget. It was one of the most incredible trips of my life. So now you're inspiring me to get back out there soon. Yay. Yes. Come visit. Awesome. Okay. So I would love to now share with our listeners a little bit about your journey. So can you share a little bit about yourself, how you got to the work that you're doing now and to creating this product and a little bit about why you think or know that it is so important to be having these conversations and sharing this product with women, especially as most of our listeners are the, the women in this postpartum period. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I started my life and career as a journalist, as a broadcast journalist, and that was always my track, right? And I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. And I certainly never thought I would have the opportunity and blessing to be talking about sexual health for women. But it was my experience with stage four severe endometriosis that created kind of this opportunity for me to be not only a patient, but an advocate within this tribe. And with endometriosis, women who have it, you'll you'll get a wide spectrum of experiences pretty quick. Experiences that mimic menopause, that mimic, you know, later in life stages, that mimic actually similar issues with postpartum, hormonal fluctuations. And so with endo, I saw very quickly that women go through a lot vaginally and within our whole lives as a whole in terms of transitions and stages. And it was through talking with other women, friends, having babies, getting married, talking about sex after childbirth, talking about reconnecting with their husbands, my mom, her friends going through menopause and that very specific transition in life that I realized we needed a very natural, holistic approach to our sexual health and to our personal care, a product that filled a void, right? We don't want to feel like porn stars. We're just wonderful average, great, normal women trying to make it through life. We're not trying to be triple X, but we also might need a product or might need additional attention or support depending on what stage of life we're in. And so I saw an opportunity to create a product that addresses those issues, that approaches sexual health holistically. It's very classy. It's discreet. It's vegan, hypoallergenic. And that's kind of where I started with Kiave. And so Kiave is this all natural, hypoallergenic, vegan, personal moisturizer. And you can use it um, for intimacy. You can use it daily if you're experiencing that dryness, that itching, those hormonal fluctuations. A lot of women use it while they're going through menopause. It's gynecologists approved to use for sex after chemotherapy. So again, really addressing very female health centric issues that are normally left out of conversation and left out of society as a whole. That's so awesome. I love it. And I, I think just having kind of the product as Kiave as a as a catalyst to start these conversations is huge because I know I kind of was in a place where I thought I think I even emailed you about this about how well I, I feel like best case scenario like we shouldn't need this but the reality is is that 
life brings a whole host of situations and experiences and potential sicknesses or seasons, phases, etc., where intimacy is still so imperative in our lives, but sometimes we need a little bit of support. And it's not even just like a, a need, it's also potential for adding even more pleasure and more intimacy and enjoying the experience even more. And so I now have come full circle and feeling like really excited and proud to talk about this and to have these conversations and to really create an inclusive conversation that where anyone feels like they are, you know, not weird or, you know, they're, they're, they're just as normal as everyone else. And so we're all in this together and it's a conversation that I feel like we should all be having together. So I'm just really excited that you've created not only products, but also a safe space to have these chats. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled about it too. And I think when you emailed me, you know, you had, you had said, well, I think it's best to get lubricated naturally. Why do we need this? And I, I definitely want to touch on that for all natural lubricants, not clearly cheap seats, never turned on by your partner and still be biologically unable to get lubricated for, for your intimacy. Um, diet is a big impact, hormonal fluctuations, childbirth, menopause, medications, traveling, right? Even just getting salt water and being in different chlorine and chemicals from a pool can inhibit our vaginal floras and our vaginal lubrication. And so I love that you've come full circle and that you've totally embraced Kiyave. That makes me so happy because it can, even if you don't necessarily need a lubricant, it can really enhance your pleasure for intimacy with your partner. And I, as I always like to say, you know, nothing makes a quickie better than lubricant because now the pressure's off and you're not worried about turning each other on and you can just kind of get right down to the business. I love it. And I will say <laughs> firsthand, it is really, really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure my husband would vouch for that as well. <laughs> so awesome. great. Awesome. So let's see. We have a number of listener questions. So we could just dive into those. Is there anything you want to touch on? I mean, I know we really want to talk about and specifically focus on kind of this postpartum period and, and how it can really impact women in that period. Is there anything you would like to share or dive into prior to jumping into questions to kind of touch on that concept or what you've learned or seen so far? in having shared this product with so many moms. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to hop right into questions, but I will say postpartum is a very different experience for every woman. And so there's never kind of a one size fits all experience and what works for your body may not have worked for your friend's body. And so I always like to start this conversation with an open heart and patience for yourself, right? If you're listening to this and you're frustrated and you're thinking, well, why am I not turned on? Why do I not want to have sex? Why is this still painful? You need to know you're not alone and you also need to be gentle with yourself, right? Again, everybody is different. Every woman is different. So let's dive into questions and I'm sure we'll get to a lot of fun topics. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Everybody is different. Every woman is different. I think that's powerful and something that we should embrace and not, not challenge or fight. Like I feel like sometimes with this <clears throat> current really quick access to social media and all these images and everyone sharing their highlight reel, we start to compare and judge and feel like we should, should that word should, right? Comes up again and again, <clears throat> look a certain way, have sex a certain amount of times a week, enjoy sexual pleasure, feel a certain way in our skin. But the reality is that we're all so different. And if we can embrace that and kind of celebrate those differences versus compare and feel like we should all be one and the same, I think there's a lot of power in that, especially in the postpartum period. <laughs> Hi friends, Laura here with some exciting news. Four Sigmatic has come on as a Modern Mamas podcast sponsor. We are so excited. If you've been following along with my Instagram stories, especially you've seen that I use this stuff every single morning. The Lion's Mane Elixir is my absolute favorite. 
I add it to my boosted coffee for an extra boost of brain clarity, productivity, and focus that I genuinely did not experience until I started adding this in every day. They also make other elixirs like Rishi for calming, Cordyceps for an energy boost, and Chaga for an immune boost. Along with those elixirs, they also have really cool blends. I love the Lion's Mane and Coffee blend when I travel because I don't have to worry about getting my hands and lips on high quality coffee. I have it ready to go. All you need is hot water, you mix in the blend and you're set. They have caffeine free options as well, like a chai latte and a turmeric latte for gut health and skin glow and all, they have all kinds of incredible blends. I cannot recommend enough that you go check out their website Find whatever mushroom blend is going to fit with your lifestyle and give it a try. The awesome folks at Four Sigmatic have offered our listeners, you guys are special, you get 15% off any order. If you go to foursigmatic.com forward slash modern mamas or simply type in modern mamas, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, you get 15% off. Check it out, see what fits your life, and happy shrooming. Hey friends, Laura and I are so excited to share that we've partnered with Beekeepers Naturals to bring you the latest buzz around some incredible plant-based and healing hive products that we've both absolutely fallen in love with. This company is not only creating hive-based products to solve modern health challenges naturally, but they're doing so with a huge goal to save the bees, which I absolutely adore. You guys know that I'm obsessed with coffee. You also know that I'm always on the lookout for ways to try and cut back. I swear the caffeine-free bee elixir brain fuel works better than any cup of coffee I've ever had at making me feel focused, energized, and actually a lot more even. I also recently took their propolis spray with me during airplane travels and used it as an immune support over the course of my trip. I came back with zero sniffles. The tickle in my throat was totally gone. It is amazing, and I swear by it for immune support. I really also... I'm just kind of low-key obsessed with the Bee Chill Hemp Honey Sticks. They have been incredible for my anxiety. After doing all the things during the day, a honey stick paired with a good meditation makes me feel the chillest. We love this company and their products so much that we've partnered with them to bring you a special discount just for Modern Mamas listeners. Get 15% off your order by visiting beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash Modern Mamas and use the code Modern Mamas at checkout. It's that simple. Okay, so let's dive in. First question. How can you mentally hold the space for sex when you are so exhausted all the time? Great question. (laughs) Great question. I mean, you have this baby, you're just exhausted, and you're in this whole new phase of life. So first thing, slow down. Be patient with yourself. Holding the space for sex is going to change. And I think we all have this expectation that after baby, your sex life is going to look the exact same as it did before baby. And that's not fair. And so we have to remember that mentally, a couple things need to shift. So how do we hold that space? Well, first of all, if you feel in the mood and that mood strikes, maybe it's after lunch on a Saturday, go for it. There's no restrictions, right? Your moods and your libido may change drastically postpartum after baby, depending on your baby's daily schedule, depending on your schedule, your husband's schedule, your partner's schedule, right? So hold that space for sex as kind of this sacred space that if you feel in the mood, go for it. If you don't feel in the mood, don't pressure yourself. And I think also to hold internally that intimacy is still incredibly important within our partnerships, our marriages with our spouses, even after a child is born. So kind of place it in this bucket of, okay, this is important. I'm going to make time for this. I know that this is essential for the partnership that I've created with my spouse, my husband, my person, but also don't force yourself 
don't place unrealistic expectations on yourself and don't be mean to yourself, right? Talk to yourself the way you talk to a girlfriend. Yeah, I love that. Talk to yourself the way you talk to a girlfriend. I think that's important. Okay, so next question. You can kind of do these relatively rapid fire. So this question is specifically about postpartum cycles, which I don't know if you have much insight into this or not, but she says postpartum cycles, especially while breastfeeding, mine are so irregular and vary in duration and flow, but I don't know what's normal or not. It's kind of as a little bit outside of the scope of intimacy and sex postpartum, but it kind of all does stem together. Do you have thoughts on this one? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think this is a great question and it does go together with personal care and sexual health because having an irregular cycle or flow, that's going to mess with your sex life, right? That's going to mess with how you're feeling. So it's absolutely important. And you have to remember that hormones, you know, play a major role in that vaginal area. And so breastfeeding tends to change our hormonal fluctuations. It can also inhibit ovulation. You have lower estrogen levels, so you might not even get a period. Maybe you have a small period. Maybe it's lasting way longer than you thought. What's normal? What's not normal? It really depends on your body. I always, my favorite quote is from a gynecologist. He once told me, he was like, I'm surprised women can even have a normal anything when it comes to our reproductive systems, because it's so, it's so much based on lots of different moving factors. Right. And so what's normal, what's not take a calendar out, see where you are track it. If you're having a period every two weeks, it's lasting a long time. That could be an issue to bring up with your doctor. If you haven't had a period for months, but yet you're still breastfeeding, well, that's also kind of normal not to get a period due to those low estrogen levels. So I would always say, reach out to your healthcare provider, leave a voicemail message at the office if it's you know off hours and just have a conversation with them to see what's right for you. But also listen to your instinct, listen to your gut, right? If something doesn't feel right, tell somebody. Yes. Start the conversation. I think that's going to be kind of a recurring theme throughout this whole interview. It's this, have the conversation because these are types of things like postpartum periods that oftentimes women just don't really talk about. And they're like, ah, it's never been normal since. And there's, that's, it's, it's, while it's normal to have irregular periods or to have a delayed return postpartum, I, and I understand that firsthand. It's also important to be having these conversations so that we are, we can kind of get like it, these thoughts or ideas or, or irregularities kind of become our new normal. And so if we're not having the conversations, then we're, we kind of can lose sight or touch with the fact that this might not be best case, best health for our bodies. And so I love that you finished with that. Just have the conversation, call somebody, talk to somebody, let other people know so that it can be something that you're just reminded of. Like maybe this is something I should tune a little bit more deeply into because like past episodes we've had, our period is, is, a, is a, like the fifth vital sign. It's su- such an indicator of our overall health and that includes our sexual health. So. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. I think conversation is so important. And what you are experiencing as a woman postpartum, there's probably a gazillion other women out there who experience the same thing. And so I always say, start with your best friend, your girlfriend, see what happened to her or see what her experience was. And then if you feel comfortable, and this is a big, a big advice piece that I have, ask your mom. Ask your mom what she experienced because a lot of times our mothers have very similar postpartum, childbirth, and cycle experiences that we have, right? A lot of it is linked hereditarily. So if your mom says, oh gosh, yeah, man, I have a period for like, you know, didn't have one for like seven months after I had you. It was awful. And then I had one for 12 years and it never stopped, right? And you'd say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm tracking along that same page. So I always say, start with a friend, start ask your mom, and then talk to your doctor. The big three. I love that. 
Very, very cool. And, and that kind of, for me, tangent here, but went also with pregnancy and labor and mm-hmm. delivery. We had very similar experiences, but because I knew that she had had, that I was like sunny side up and she had terrible back labor, I was specific in and intentional in the way that I approached chiropractic care and, and prenatal massage to help ensure that my daughter was in a more ideal position for labor and delivery. And, and I had all the signs, but then she ended up, you know, turning around and I did not have, have uh, any back labor and she came out the right way for her. So that was pretty special. So I love that. And I, you know, epigenetics, genetics, and just in general, they can help us kind of prepare for what could be if we don't maybe take intentional measures ahead of time to potentially avoid that. So that's absolutely Absolutely. Very cool. Okay. Next question. When does libido and desire start to have sex, start to come back postpartum? I love sex on, in, on, on the moment, but no sex, bef- no, but no excitement before. So it sounds like once her partner probably gets her there, she's like, oh, this is great. But leading <laughs> up to it, not so much. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think you have to remember your hormonal fluctuations, your mental state, your emotional state, your physical exhaustion state, all of those are playing a huge role in that libido and that desire. And so there's really no right answer and no should, right? We're going to talk about the shoulds. There's no right answer for when your libido should come back. The fact that you're still engaging with intimacy with your partner is fantastic. You're prioritizing it. You know, it's important. You're allowing them to really get you in the mood, get you there. That's great. That's the first step, right? Even without a baby, even in a different phase of life, even with a a crazy stressful career or a weird medical issue, right? Libido can change. And so I think the key, and I think you're doing everything right. You're prioritizing, you're doing it. Be easy on yourself. There's no right or wrong time. It it may take a long time for your libido to come back. But they say, every doctor I've talked to says, if you don't use it, you lose it. And the same thing is true for our vaginal tissue and atrophy. The same thing is true for arousal and for wanting, desiring our partners. And so you'll go to like a relationship therapist. And one of the things they say for partners who aren't connecting is schedule sex, put it on the calendar. You'll be surprised that, you know, after three, six months of this, all of a sudden you're horny, you have a libido, you want, you desire that. So again, keep it prioritized. There's no right or wrong time frame, and just kind of listen to your body and be easy on yourself. I love that so much. And I think for this one too, it's important probably to communicate with her partner because Knowing mm-hmm. that she does get there when once the time comes, but just it, that it kind of maybe takes a little bit of work on his on his part. Um, yeah. I think that's important for for a partner to know, male or female, that like it, it is the desires there, but it just I need the reminder of getting all the way there first. <laughs> so just kind of be willing to put in the work ahead of time. Sorry for the oh. one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Communication is key in any aspect of this conversation, this topic. And what turned you on before may not turn you on now. It's okay. Things may change. You know, he could tickle your ear and suddenly you're ready to go. And now it might take, you know, a different set of physical interactions. Maybe if he just would, you know, unload the dishwasher, put the baby to bed and, and, you know, rub your back, suddenly you're ready to go. And so you have to be okay that those expectations and those little items that turn you on are going to change. And so open communication is essential for keeping your partner in the loop, especially when it comes to male partners. Men want to please their female counterparts. Men really want to be, you know, sexual rock stars. And so if you can tell him what he can do to get you there, to put you in the mood, you're going to, you better believe that it's going to happen over and over again. 
Beautiful. I like the sound of that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question. Is having an expectation that your sex life will be the same postpartum even fair? No, absolutely not. I once knew a gal and this was great. And I kind of loved her approach to this. She got pregnant and she cleaned out her entire closet, threw everything away because she said, I would never expect my body to be the same after baby. And I'm going to start over with where I am presently with my new normal. And I love that idea of emotionally and mentally cleaning out our sexual closets and saying, okay, this is what it's going to be in this phase. Maybe in a year, it's going to change again. Maybe in five years, kids are older, it's going to change again. And so no, your sex life may not be the same postpartum. If it is, and you're rocking and rolling and you feel super satisfied, then awesome. But if it isn't, adjust communicate and don't be afraid to kind of clean out that closet and reestablish what that sexual intimacy and what that partnership is going to look like. I love it. And I feel like that's just a good rule of thumb for relationships in general and expectations in life. Like every season brings changes and new perspectives and growth. So Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to grow and And as the relationship and the intimacy changes, your relationship can grow a lot from that, which I think is really powerful. Absolutely. You know, my partner and I, he and I like to do what we call like our relationship check-in. And so it's, you know, every six months, every year, you know, when we think we need it, we'll take a walk, we'll plan a date night, we'll open up a bottle of champagne or, you know, just go make popcorn and sit together, snuggle on the couch. And we'll kind of reevaluate. Are you satisfied? Uh, How are things going? Are there things we could change or do better? Have we noticed a shift in interactions and behaviors? And I think just like we check in mentally with ourselves every day, just like we check in with our counterparts at work or in the office or our friendships, we have to check in with our relationships, our loving relationships. Because again, those seasons do change. Where you are at 25 is not where you're going to be at 35 and it's not where you're going to be at 45. And so always be willing to reevaluate and adjust as you go. Absolutely. That's amazing. Okay. So this is kind of on a similar note in the postpartum period. She says, it's been so hard to connect intimately after baby. What, we, what can we do to make it better? Yes. Three things. So first of all, talk to your partner about what's going on. Where are you physically? Where are you emotionally? Where are you mentally? Just be super honest vulnerable. I think we get afraid as women um, sometimes in this season of life to be vulnerable because we don't want to appear weak or we don't want to appear unable to handle and cope with everything that our life is experiencing at the moment. And so talk to him about what's going on. And remember that satisfying your partner or connecting with your partner intimately does not have to be just about vaginal sex. You guys could do hand job. You could do oral sex. And I don't mean to get graphic, but you know, vaginal penetration is not the only way to be intimate with your, your partner. And I think that sometimes we put this expectation on ourselves that, well, if we're not having sex, then we're not being connected. We're not being intimate. And so slow down, take a break, talk to him, see what he needs, see what you need. And then the second thing is when you are in the mood, Take advantage of it. And based on your daily schedules, your child's schedules, your hormonal fluctuations, again, just where you are in a mental, emotional state, there might be fewer times when you're in the mood. But when those moments happen, try your best to take advantage of them. So even if it's after, you know, lunch on a Saturday and you just need to go for it on the couch, you do it because that's when you feel it. It doesn't have to be at nine o'clock at night in your bed after you've showered and you're exhausted and you can't even, you know, emotionally think about 
being intimate with your partner. So be willing to switch it up and kind of take advantage of that that mood when it strikes. And then the third thing I would say is use an all natural lubricant for intimacy because if you are experiencing any discomfort or any feelings of pain or burning or itching, using a lubricant is going to not only alleviate that discomfort, that pain, that dryness, but it's also going to take the pressure off of you personally to lubricate naturally and to be aroused. And so if you use that lubricant, it's, hey, I'm ready. I'm not feeling like I'm failing. I'm not feeling as though I'm not female woman enough for my man. And it just kind of takes that pressure off of you and your partner. So those are my three tips for connecting intimately after baby. I love that. And I don't, I don't even feel like your first point is graphic. I think that's, again, you know, just kind of societal expectation or thoughts right. around this whole conversation. Rusty and I, I've shared in the past where I say, like, intimacy and sex doesn't just have to be the, the P and the V, which I think is right. important to know. It comes in all different shapes and sizes. And even like you said, sometimes intimacy comes from a touch on the leg or like unloading the dishwasher. Um, yes. Yes. And then right, also, because, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say you're right because your priorities change, your emotional state changes. And so I love that. I, I had a friend, she was hilarious. You know, she was pregnant with her second. She was not, she just wasn't sex was just not happening. She had a toddler. She's pregnant with her second. And she told me that for several months, hand jobs were the name of the game in her household because she knew she wanted to satisfy her husband, make him feel valued, loved, and a priority. And that worked for them. And it was fine. And it was great. And she felt like, okay, check it off the list. Good to go. You know, I got this child to take care of. I'm pregnant. And now everybody's happy. Yes. And it's understanding that that's not forever necessarily, but in that season, that's, that's what they needed to do. I love that. So good. And then I was also thinking on your third point, how there's like a magic in just pulling out that personal moisturizer. You pull it out and then all of a sudden both, you, everyone, both partners see it and then you're like, okay, here's what's happening. And so it gets you on the same page pretty quickly, which I think is also very powerful in and of itself. Oh yeah. It's like Pavlov's dogs, right? They hear the bell or mouths water. They want the dog treat. Well, you see the personal moisturizer, that Kia come out of the dresser drawer it's like Pavlov's dogs. That little buzzer goes off. Hey, we're going to do this. Yay. It's going to be great. So good. Okay. Well, this, so my next question is less, it's, it's actually during pre- pregnancy. So she says, when pregnant, I'm not okay with sex because there's another person in me. How do I deal with that? I mean, where do you think dimples come from? Oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I actually do love that. I love that joke, but yeah, no, there's a lot of women who do not feel comfortable having sex when there's a child and them totally. Okay. Totally normal. Again, it's, it's to each his own, right? Every woman feels differently and will experience pregnancy differently. I will say though, that intimacy with your partner before baby, during pregnancy, after postpartum. And then of course, as we continue through life in that relationship is so important and prioritizing intimacy needs to be at the forefront of your mind. Why? Because the greatest gift you can give your children is a healthy relationship with your partner. And intimacy is a huge component of that. So if you don't want to have, you know, vaginal sex while pregnant, totally fine. Find another way to connect intimately, find another way to prioritize romance, and then, you know, make sure it's working for your partner as well. Absolutely. I love that. I, it's funny because for me, I think I wanted it more than ever while pregnant, which is super funny, but it kind yeah, of like pregnancy that's for actually, me, like that's actually, something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the consensus. And actually there's a percentage of women and I'd have to look up the statistics that actually a large percentage of pregnant women experience 
far more pleasure during sex and then a greater sense of orgasm, like these these just amazing orgasms during pregnancy. And that's just due to that hormonal fluctuation and your body saying yes, you know, and, and there's so many things happening. And so if you are one of those women who has a, a high libido during pregnancy, do not waste that time. Enjoy oh it. Embrace right? it. <laughs> yes. It Embrace amazing. it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the first time I got more connected with like, with, you know, myself and pleasing mm-hmm. myself. And so it's, it's fun to, I don't know, what a cool, what a cool time. There's like rebirth in some ways while also giving birth and preparing to, to bring another life into the world. I feel like more connected with myself and my partner throughout pregnancy, which I don't take for granted. That was pretty amazing. And good time. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, while you're pregnant, whether you have one kid, three kids, right, you're only pregnant for a very finite amount of time. And so if you are enjoying a sexual experience, if you feel comfortable in your body, you're embracing yourself as a woman, you know, you're creating a human, like there's nothing more powerful than that. And so enjoy that experience with your partner, because you'll only have so many opportunities to do that, right? It's very finite. Absolutely. And then shifting to the postpartum period again, (laughs) now that you might have similar thoughts or feelings or you might not. But in either case, this question is in regards to co-sleeping, which is something that we've done for two plus years with our daughter. And so she says how to make intimacy possible when baby co-sleeps. Do you have thoughts on that one? Absolutely. I would first say that intimacy does not have to happen in a bed. Intimacy does not have to happen at night. Intimacy does not have to happen in the specific, you know, space of the master bedroom. And so if you are co-sleeping your baby, it's an amazing experience. You're creating those bonding chemicals with your child. And I think it's incredibly important, but okay. So shift your intimacy to an afternoon. Maybe it's morning. If you do only find yourself turned on or in the mood at night. That's okay. A lot of women report really only wanting to have sex at nighttime. Okay. So maybe you kind of schedule that a little bit. You think ahead of time and you don't put the baby in the bed with you right away until you've had that intimate moment with your, your husband, your partner, and you've enjoyed that. And now it's time to sleep again. So, but really I would say intimacy can happen in any bedroom, any room, in your kitchen, you know, if you need to do it on the dining room table, do it on the dining room table. Yep. Right? (laughs) There are no rules. There are no rules. Hollywood has created a terrible sense of what sexual health is, what it means to be intimate, what it means to connect. And the truth is, is what works for you and your partner is what works. I love it. That's really great advice. We've done like campsites and because we live in a van, so that makes a whole nother host of challenges, but it's and also, I like to think of it kind of as like a fun opportunity to get creative. <laughs> yes. Do it in the tent. Do it in the yes. van. Do it in the garage. All over. I mean, you do it all the places. Exactly. Beautiful. I love it. Creativity is key. Keeps right. things interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. I have so many friends struggling with secondary infertility. Do you have any insights on that? Yes. So secondary fertility is actually very common and it's very normal. So if you are struggling with that, you know, you've given birth to this healthy child and now all of a sudden you can't become pregnant. And it's been, you know, I think the rule of thumb is if you're under 30, if you're under 35 and you haven't become pregnant in like six months or less, then talk to your doctor. And then if you're 35, if you're over 35, I think the rule of thumb is at six months or more, then talk to your doctor. And so there's a variety of things that, you know, play a role in secondary infertility. For example, your partner's sperm production can change. 
And we always kind of forget that men play a huge role in pregnancy and infertility. And so their sperm count can change. Your fallopian tubes can change. The way that you ovulate changes. Uterine conditions like endometriosis, or maybe you had some complications during that first pregnancy. That can really, really drastically create a situation where secondary infertility happens. So my first thought is talk to your healthcare provider, see what they think, see what they recommend. My second thought is stress, anxiety, and cortisol is like the best birth control. So if you are stressed and you are anxious and you are producing large amounts of cortisol because you're freaking out that you can't get pregnant, the chances are you will not be able to get pregnant. So calm down, take a breather, create positive situations to get pregnant in the same time frame that you did the first time. Every pregnancy is different. Every year of life is different. Every stage of life for our female bodies is different. So again, talk to a doctor and be patient with yourself. I love it. And have more sex (laughs) to alleviate some of that stress potentially. Uh, So good. Okay. Well, that is actually, those are all the questions that we got. There were some repeats, but that, that kind of summed it up. So what are some, do you have any like final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with in terms of just maybe some words of wisdom or insights that you'd like them to take away from this episode? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So the first thing is, if you are breastfeeding, do not be surprised if you experience large amounts of vaginal dryness and discomfort. That is very normal. My recommendation would be to get a personal moisturizer like Kia V or either brand that you use on a daily basis. Make sure the ingredients are incredibly nourishing and hydrating for that vaginal tissue. My second thought is if you do want to use a lubricant for intimacy or a personal moisturizer on a daily basis postpartum, make sure you understand all the ingredients on that bottle that go in that product. Vaginal tissue is highly absorbent. Anything you put on your vaginal tissue tissue will be absorbed into your bloodstream. That these are natural, that they're safe, that they're non-toxic. You know, and a lot of my friends love Kiave because they can use it for their vaginal dryness or for sex with their husbands, but they're also able to use it as a nipple moisturizer during breastfeeding because it's so safe for the baby. They don't have to worry about their child ingesting it. And so those are kind of my thoughts around postpartum and personal moisturizers, but don't be afraid to use the lubricant. Don't be afraid to have a conversation with your partner and always, always make sure you talk to any healthcare provider if things are fluctuating or changing and it doesn't feel right. That is awesome. Such good advice. And where can people find more information from you? Do you have, are you putting some of this insight out into the world in ways that women can soak it in? Or do we just need to keep having you back on the podcast to get more of your wisdom? Go to, go to kiave.com, C-H-I-A-V-A-Y-E.com. We have this amazing blog. We put out articles every week. We actually, this week, just put out the postpartum guide. So it's a mom's guide that we just created. It just launched yesterday. So head over there. It kind of walks you through everything you need to know, postpartum, hormonal fluctuations. What can you do if you're having painful sex? How to talk to your partner about it. But yeah, we've got blogs on female health and wellness every week. I do a lot of videos. You can follow us on social media, but kiave.com is the best resource you're going to find. Wonderful. And we will link to your website and all of that in the show notes. What is your Instagram handle? I know that a lot of our listeners like to follow along there as well. And of course, we'll tag you in the the post for this episode as well. But just so they can, if anyone's like got their phone out and looking right now, what is that? Yeah, it's at Kia Easy. Awesome. Easy. So yeah. <laughs> 
at Kevain. If you want to follow along my crazy life, it's at Kaylin Easton. So pretty simple. <laughs> Easy to find. I like it. Keep it straightforward. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We are, I know we, we had a lot of scheduling stuff, so I'm so grateful for your flexibility and for your wisdom and you taking the time and giving the energy to share with our listeners. And I would love to maybe have you back on. We can do kind of a follow-up get more questions after this. I'm sure this is just the start of this conversation. And it's, as we've talked about, such an important one. So I will be in touch. We'll have to have you back on, maybe even have you out to one of our Modern Mamas retreats so you can come and speak to women firsthand and start this conversation in a more intimate, in real life environment. And I would so look forward to that. I would absolutely love it. Sign me up. Okay. Well, then I'll probably just... (laughs) Awesome. I'll email you once we're done and we'll, we'll get the ball rolling there. But in the meantime, thank you. And friends, feel free to reach out to us if you have more questions on the topic. If you want to hear more about sex and intimacy, especially in the postpartum period, we are here. So thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thank you so much. We will talk to you soon, Kaylin. Bye, friends. Thank you, Laura. Of course. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time.